Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to jump in and let you know about my brand new free online masterclass coming up in June. The Anxiety Reset is going to show you how to stop anxiety and reclaim your life. We're going to look at everything that you are doing that is creating more stuck anxiety, why the coping mechanisms that you've been using are not working, and I'm going to give you a four-step approach that's going to help you to regain control of your life. So if you're tired of anxiety interrupting your decisions, dictating what you do, then this is the class to join. And best of all, it's absolutely free. The link is in the show notes. Welcome back to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. Today, I want to talk about the gift of anxiety. Now, I know that that feels really counterintuitive when you're struggling with anxiety and it feels really heavy, but listen in because anxiety has a message and it serves a very real purpose, just like every one of our emotional responses do. And when we can begin to see it as the gift that it truly is, we can actually use it as an ally instead of an enemy. Have you ever wondered why anxiety just won't budge? Like, what is it doing here anyway? Welcome to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. I'm Deanta Fuchs, a psychologist turned international anxiety coach, and I'm on a mission to share a new perspective on anxiety that puts you firmly back in control of your life so that anxiety no longer interrupts you. So grab your cuppa, get comfy, and listen in as we demystify, destigmatize, and deconstruct what you think you know about anxiety so that you can finally do what you have struggled with for so long. Ease anxiety for good. Okay, I know you're probably going to look at me really weirdly when I tell you that anxiety is actually a gift. Most of my clients look at me very strangely when I say this because it's very hard to imagine that something that is so disruptive and so painful can actually be a gift. And for most of you listening, if you're really stuck in the trenches with anxiety, you're more than likely trying to find everything under the sun to try to be rid of this anxiety. And most people I work with will begin to describe it as a beast or a bully or this horrible energy that's overtaken their lives and it's ruling them. And yeah, it feels real scary. And at the stage when we're at war with anxiety, it's very easy to see it as the enemy. But as you now know, if you've been listening, the more we fight our anxiety, the more we resist it, the more we perceive it as this terrible thing that's come to ruin our lives, the more afraid we feel of it. And of course, because anxiety is fear-based, the more afraid we feel of it, the more anxiety we're creating. So we know that the way that we're responding to our anxiety has a huge role to play in the experience that we have of it and whether or not it is able to subside and process. The biggest thing here is that when we're at war with it, we can do nothing but create more of it. So ideally, we want to change the way we view anxiety. So today I want to talk a little bit about the gift that anxiety truly is, and it helps to be able to see it as a gift when we truly understand the purpose that anxiety has in our lives. Now, let's face it, we could not survive without anxiety. You see, all that it is, is a very, very basic alarm system in your brain that's designed to get you to pay attention when there is a threat to your survival. So we need a little bit of anxiety in order for us to stay safe. 
Now think about it. It's the little bit of alarm that gets you up in the morning and getting dressed and to work on time, even when you don't want to go to work. Because there's a small part of you that's anxious about losing your job and your income, and then potentially that's a threat to your survival. Or for new mothers, every time that little baby cries, there's the surge of anxiety because we know that we need to take care of that little being. So we have to pay attention. That anxiety is asking us to do exactly that. Or when you're heading into unfamiliar territory and you don't know where you're going and you're feeling slightly anxious because, well, you might get lost. And that's a threat to your survival. You see, the threat doesn't necessarily always have to be a threat to your survival per se, but the anxiety is asking you to pay attention and for good cause. Now, all of our emotional responses serve a purpose, right? They're there to let us know that our needs, our basic core human emotional needs are or are not being met. So, for example, when we're feeling sad or lonely, then our needs for connection or to be prioritized or to feel important and loved are not being met. Or when we're feeling angry, we might have our needs for validation or to be heard and seen are not being met. When we're feeling joyful and excited, then our needs for spontaneity and fun are being met. Or when we're feeling content, maybe we're feeling loved and seen and heard. And of course, when we're feeling anxious, our need for safety is not being met. But that safety is really an umbrella term for a whole lot of things. We can feel unsafe when we are potentially going to get lost in a new neighborhood. We can feel unsafe when we might potentially be rejected by our social peers. So, you know, starting at a new running club, for example, and having to meet new people can feel anxiety provoking because well, what if they don't like me? That's a threat to our survival on a very core level because our brain knows how important it is for us to be part of a tribe, to belong somewhere because safety is in numbers, right? So if we're rejected, well, it could be a threat to our survival. We might feel unsafe when we feel vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable. When our feelings are really big and we feel distressed, that can, on some level, feel unsafe. So our anxiety is always there telling us that there's something we need to pay attention to, whether it be our internal world or whether it be something that's happening in our environment that doesn't feel good. It's not aligned with our values. It's not serving us or potentially it's triggering something deeper for ourselves. But when we can begin to listen to that anxiety, it becomes a gift to highlight the areas of our lives that are not serving us and need attention. My work with anxiety over the last few years has really highlighted this, not least of which was the experience that my husband went through, right? Now, if you haven't heard his story, you can go back to episode one or two where I share in detail what he went through. But really, he had a big run-in at work when he was running his own business, and that experience triggered his core belief of failure. So what it did was the anxiety came right up saying, there is this thing that's happening that you're unsafe. You potentially are failing at this. You're going to lose everything. That's the unsafety. But as we began to pay attention to that, he became aware of the core belief of failure that was lying to him, saying that he's a failure and that he's going to lose everything. 
But in actual fact, this core belief is kind of whittling away in the background, affecting everything that he was trying to put his mind to. He believed that he couldn't study because he was dumb or needed Ritalin. He believed that he couldn't really run a thriving, successful business because, well, he'd be found out to be a fraud. He believed that he couldn't really have an amazing, happy marriage with lovely kids because, well, he wasn't quite good enough. But as he began to address this core belief, which we have done successfully over the past nine years since that event, he's been able to stretch himself to bigger and greater lengths achieving so much more than he ever thought he was capable of because he was addressing the core belief of failure, the one that wasn't serving him, the one that anxiety alerted him to. And this really happens across the board, right? I've worked with people who have struggled with morning anxiety, every morning waking up, unable to do the day because they just feel this horrific sense of dread about the day. They can't figure out why, but they're also not listening. All they're focusing on is this horrible feeling that they have to go into the day with and then trying to put in place morning routines and breathing strategies and meditations and no coffee so that they can get rid of the anxiety in the morning. But when we've spent some time together in the Ease Bootcamp or in my coaching programs and begin unpicking what is this anxiety asking them to pay attention to, they've begun to realize that there is something in their day that does not feel aligned. For one client in particular, she realized that the job that she was doing felt really uncomfortable to her. It wasn't something that filled her. It wasn't something that filled her cup. It wasn't something she was passionate about. It was something that she had fallen into. It was sales that she didn't enjoy doing, but she had to do it for the money. And the sales and her income was also dependent on commission. So she had to do this thing that she felt nothing about. It didn't align with her values at all, but her entire livelihood was dependent on it. Now, most of us know that we can do really well at things that we feel passionate about or that bring us joy. But those things that we feel like we have to slog through, generally, we don't do them very well. And if your livelihood and your income is then dependent on you doing well at this thing, well, surely that's going to cause some anxiety, right? And so as we began to unpick what the anxiety was asking her to pay attention to, she became aware of the fact that her values and her life, the way she was living it, were not aligned. It didn't feel good to her. Now, making changes are never easy, right? And most people who find themselves in jobs that don't align will also have some beliefs about how they can't really change these jobs. This is the best that they're going to get. In this economy, we can't possibly give up a a well-paying, stable job in favor of serving our passions, right? But these are all just beliefs and ones that may not serve us because, well, she was really stuck and her morning anxiety was a clear red flag that things were not going well for her. With our work together, she was able to begin looking at what it might look like for her to change her day and include more of her passions. While she was not able to leave her job immediately, she was able to identify what her true values were and begin implementing more activities and tasks and experiences in her life that were aligned with those values so that she could feel more fulfilled. And because she was paying attention to what the anxiety was asking her to pay attention to, that morning anxiety began to subside. She didn't have to change her whole life and throw it upside down 
She simply needed to pay attention. And as she paid attention, she actually began to include things in her life that she could feel passionate about and could feel fulfilled with. So here's a clear example of personal growth coming from an experience of anxiety. I can share countless stories of people who have been in relationships where these relationships haven't served them. And in actual fact, there's a part of them in the background that knows that this relationship really wasn't what they were hoping for and their needs are not being met. But for whatever reason, they feel trapped. They don't believe that they can leave. It's tricky stuff, right? But that anxiety is going to come up, particularly if we're avoiding something really big that at the core of it, we know isn't good for us. So while anxiety can feel really intense and it can be really scary and uncomfortable, and I know that you don't really want it in your life, when you begin to lean in and feel into what that anxiety is alarming about, what it is worried about and asking you to pay attention to, then you begin to take steps towards meeting your needs. Because remember, as we said in the beginning of this episode, our emotional responses are there to show us when our needs are or are not being met. It really is time that we as a society become a little bit more comfortable with our big feelings. Because the more we try to dumb them down or numb them or push them away, the more we disallow ourselves to have our needs met and the more we move into dis-ease and discomfort. But when we allow these big feelings, then we're saying it's okay to feel this thing because it's got value, it's real, it's valid, and we should be listening. And when we listen, we begin to find the areas of our lives that need work and attention. And we ourselves can use these experiences for our own personal development. I hope this has been of some use for you. And if it has resonated, then feel free to send me a DM over on Instagram or on TikTok and let me know what part of this has resonated for you. And if you want to do a little bit of a deeper dive, you can always sign up for an anxiety audit. This is a 90 minute session where we just dive into your anxiety to try to understand exactly what it is asking you to pay attention to. It's a once-off session for you to get real clarity and begin doing the healing work. If you're interested in that, the link is in the show notes. Otherwise, send me a DM and let's connect. So that wraps up today's episode and I have a huge favor to ask. If you found any value in what you heard today, please be sure to leave a review. I assure you it is not to stroke my ego, although it does help me to know that you love the show but to help the algorithms get this episode into the hands of others who might need it. Make sure you follow the Ease Anxiety podcast so that you never miss a future episode. And lastly, I really love to connect. So find me on TikTok or Instagram and be sure to say hi. All the links are found below in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in 